<laughs> Are you ready then? I am ready, yes, Declan. Yeah, right, let's go then. You're already recording. I don't know why you go, let's go. You're trying to catch me out all the time. I like a little bit of a prelude before the music kicks in. Prelude. Wasn't the prelude where I'm supposed to say... Um, no, don't say anything yet. Let me say hello. <laughs> Hello and welcome to It's In The Genes podcast, a podcast by The Digital Gene. My name is Declan. I'm Sharon. <laughs> just gone there. Sorry, I was looking at my ring in the video. You're looking at what? My laughter lines. Uh-huh. And we're a mum and son duo and directors from The Digital Gene. Today we'll be able to discuss it. Like, I was like, you said there hasn't been much going on, but this, even just these three days, four days... <laughs> week has been so full of news i've never you froze oh, then you look dreamy gormless sorry sorry me? yes right so you said there was nothing but we're going to discuss the megan and harry interview a burger king advert cancel culture digital clothes the track and trace failure and zombies but first zombies again how first... does zombies make their way into our podcast so often but first Congratulations are in order. Are you clapping for yourself? No, I'm I'm clapping for the um purpose of the podcast. All right, okay. So I don't I don't actually have my phone with me, but I could have played a little background noises. Celebrate good We'll get Sorry. a copyright strike, Mum, so you can. Well, I've just sung it, so sue me. <laughs> um, <laughs> I don't actually call that singing. Sorry. No, I don't think it'll have flagged up. No, no. So what are the congratulations for? 40 digital women to watch 2021, which goes into the category for the Digital Woman of the Work, work, work Year Awards. <laughs> digital Women Awards. How many times can I say digital women there? Well, do you remember when... My mum asked me to schedule a, a post about it on the Facebook page. This is like a look behind the curtain, and I just couldn't think of anything. And I said, "Oh, read the um, read the draft in our business manager." And it was like digital women, women in digital. And you were like, "How many bloody times have you said women in digital?" But and then I laughed, didn't I? Because the the post that you did put out, you said that I don't shout enough about my um. About my um, <laughs> career highlights, career highlights, and then you said, "But I've got plenty to say on the podcast." Yeah, yeah. And the podcast got a shout out when you were nominated, like as you said it, as, as the nom- as the nomination came out, I was like, "Oh, that's our first little bit where people are talking about the podcast as well." Mm. It was lovely because I don't know whether you remember. Monday, International Women's Day was a a busy day, like business, and I was at a lovely um, event with the local charity, My Sister's Place in Middlesbrough. We were on a Zoom afternoon too. I was going to say virtual before people jump. Virtual before anybody jumps. Yeah, it was virtual. Um, A great cause. And, yeah, so we were on that, and then I went on a two-hour 
client Zoom after that. And then I came off the client Zoom. I'd had a message off somebody on Instagram. I'd been tagged on something on uh, LinkedIn by somebody else. And, you know, like when you when you've been really busy all day and then you're like, well, what's going on? What is it? <laughs> I didn't know where I was. Um, so and then I obviously had to find out because it had been a live nominations event for International Women's Day on Facebook. Um, and, you know, it's a massive community, that digital women community. It's like over 6,000 members. And um, to be shortlisted in that Digital Woman of the Year category, like, just makes my year. Like, I'm a winner already in that. And oh, I know that sounds cool. Is that like, is that like, is that like a, it's like a Oscar speech, isn't it? No, actually, I know I don't really shout about stuff because I'm, I'm, I know I'm like that with the fam, but I'm not like that outside. And I just, yeah, it just really made me feel good. I was buzzing for a couple of, and then obviously when I got the official um, paperwork via email on the Tuesday morning and all the different, you know, all the different assets to share share the news out on social. I was like, I've already shared it. <laughs> I've already ripped all this off Facebook, you know, because I was just so super excited. Um, and yeah, and then looking at the calibre of the women that are in the shortlist and the shortlist actually for all the awards, um, there's some amazing women of all ages doing fabulous work. So, yeah. Well, do you know something? So when you won your bloggers award, when we went to that ceremony in London, mm. you do you remember when they greeted us at the door? They were like, "Oh, Sharon," and then afterwards we put like two, two and two, two together. together. <laughs> we were like, "Oh, that was like you looked like you were going." It made sense that you won, yeah. It did just the way they would. Well, it did. It was as if like they knew me more than they should have knew me. Yeah. They were like flies around shit, mum. It was like Mariah had rocked up. So, <laughs> so, um, and then when they announced your name, I went back and watched the Facebook Live, not to jinx anything, but when they announced your name, it looked like a good thing. <laughs> I think that's probably yours, don't you? Well, do you, didn't, did you think that as well? Like? No, I didn't. I'm saying, when I say us, I mean, you know, collectively us. I think that's, when when any, when any when you see your name announced for anything, I guess you've got that twinge, haven't you, of thinking. Oh, twinge. God. Twinge. What if I win? I that oh, it oh. reminds me of, uh, it reminds me of something that I can't tell you about yet. What? Cryptic or what? That is cryptic. You can't tell me about it yet. No. I'll tell you after. <laughs> okay. I'm going to make a note to self. No, Thanks. actually, I'm not going to tell you. You can wait till it actually happens. It's cryptic, Aww. but it, don't get too excited. It's not, but it, I think it's funny. I think it's funny. <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. I can't say any more at the minute. Will I be able to? Will be able to tell the podcast listeners on a further episode? No, <laughs> never. No, never. Never go So what you bringing it up for then? Um, I was just thinking out loud. Right, let's move on. Then. Move <laughs> oh on. God. Anyways, so sorry, yeah. Sorry. I'm not. 
I can't be told and neither can you. So that was a good 30 seconds of our lives that we'll all not get back. So that's great. What do you mean? Right. Should we move on? We shall. We shall. We shall. We shall. Are you all right other than everything? Um, oh, don't. <laughs> don't stop. Don't go down that black hole. Are you okay? Yeah, I'm okay. We're all right. We're getting through it, aren't we? We are. I'm looking forward to meeting you in a car park on um, Saturday. Yeah. It's got the word park in it, so... And we're actually having coffee. We're just having coffee. Whilst you sit in your car and I sit in mine and we exchange things for your for you to move flats. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well anybody needed to know that, but what I meant I'm actually looking forward to seeing you if as even if that's the only way that I can actually see you. Yeah. That's a very behind the curtain look today. And I can't believe how long we have to wait for our vaccine, by the way. Well, I'm shocked as well because I saw something yesterday saying that all over 50s will be done this month and yours isn't till the 2nd of April. So third, I don't know what... The 3rd uh, of April, yeah. Oh, it is Easter Saturday. But, I mean, we could have got... we could. The bizarre thing is we could have got in um, this week if we'd been willing to travel to, to York or Knaresborough. And apparently you can travel out of area for this. Yeah. But your dad was, I'm not going out of area. Why? I don't know. I didn't ask. I'm too busy. I'm too busy to... Uh... Oh, well, you'll get it fair soon. If just, you just have to be careful the next month and don't let your wits down a little bit. So Don't let my wits down. Is that the word? <laughs> it's not, not the thing. Don't, don't let my wits down. Don't, don't keep your, your wits down. about you. Keep your life about you. Just as thingy as you have been. about you. <laughs> well, you'd hate, wouldn't it, to get COVID, like, now, when you're getting your vaccine? Oh, I think that. I, I do think that. When I go to the once-a-week supermarket shop sweep thing, um, <laughs> all the time I'm thinking, if I bloody get it now, after everything I've tried to do. So, yeah. Well, you're very unlikely now, because there's not that many cases anymore, is there? No, because hopefully the vaccine's kicking in, isn't it, for everyone? Yes. Right, let's move on then. Okay. If you can't advertise your own business and your own podcast, when can you? As you may have guessed, Mum and I are the founding directors of The Digital Gene. We're a web design, e-commerce and software development agency that designs and builds powerful digital solutions to your problems. We love what we do and it's reflected in the websites and software we deliver. So mum was like, oh, there's not much news this week. I thought, are you, you can tell you don't watch the news because I feel like there's been a bombardment of it. But let's. I've told you, when I'm not working, all I watch at the minute is back issues of Married at First Sight Australia. All right. Well, let's not go open that box again. But let's talk about the Meghan and Harry interview. Okay. Now, I think it's been quite fascinating to watch a royal scandal play out in modern times. Mm-hmm. No, we had the Prince Andrew thing. But seeing... We've had the Prince Andrew thing, though, really, have we? 
Well, no, because he hasn't. Well, he had that interview, didn't he, on Newsnight? Oh, where he said he doesn't sweat. Yeah. Yeah. So, but to see it all just on social media and see, like, everybody having an opinion of it and sharing it, it, it just felt so different to to what it is. So I feel, so I'm not really a royalist and I wouldn't really call myself a Republican either. I'm pretty much just don't really care. But if somebody kind of surveyed me now and said, would you like to move towards a republic and abolish the monarchy? I would probably say, yeah, because I think obviously the racist thing, the racism and what was said about the potential colour of the baby was horrendous. But the way it works for the palace, I actually think probably the most damaging thing is when he said that they're trapped they're all trapped, basically. So it's like they don't even want to be part of it anymore as well. So and They said it's this um, this relationship between um, the British media, isn't it, and, and the royal family. Like, they're both feeding off each other and neither one of them can back down. But what I find interesting about it, so I wasn't going to watch it at first because I'm a bit like you. I, I don't care either way sort of um and also i don't know i just wasn't gonna watch it and then your dad had recorded it for me because i hate the adverts so i sat early evening last night and watched it um and yeah it was that it was that insight again into the royal family that perhaps we haven't had since diana you know um Obviously, you won't remember that. You're only a toddler. Uh, But how much she must have struggled, but then how much the press turned against her, because that was fed by the palace. But when they say fed by the palace, I struggle to see who that actually means. I don't think it's like they kept referring to the institution, didn't they? In the, the firm, the firm, and it's it's obviously that there's this complete difference between the family and the firm. And, and look to 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 take every so so. I'll, let's backtrack a minute. So I, in the early days, I thought they want their cake and eat it. Basically, um, you know, they want. They want the trappings of being royal, but they actually don't want to do any of the functions or whatever. Um, They were taking a step back. But actually, a lot of them do take a step back. It's just that we expect the ones that are closer to the the crown to to be more visible. So I got that. But then you see again that it's just this big media circus, you know, that when I sat and listened to it, and I felt that they were very, very real. And you know, bearing their souls basically, and it was and it and it was pretty sad. And even if even if some of it wasn't fully the truth, there's obviously a lot there. And the heartbreaking things about you know removing all of their protection, um, you know, and and they were, they're getting death threats and stuff every day because they're a mixed race family. Take the take the royalness out of it. Or, or actually put the royalness back in because they are such high profile. They get death threats because because they're a mixed race family. Mm. So how can 
the firm take their protection away? Surely that's not good if something well, happens to one of them. I thought it was quite stark when she went back to them and said, well, as the threat level against Harry and my child, is it Archie? Yeah. yeah. Has the threat level gone down? And they yeah. said no. So she said, exactly. So why are you taking his security away? Which I just thought was, yes, it probably does a face value cost a lot to protect a family 24 hours a day. But in the grand scheme of the whole cost of the monarchy, it's probably a drop in the ocean. It is a drop in the ocean. So so there was that. Then there was the, you know, what came out about Archie's skin colour, you know, yeah. prior to him being born, what colour would he be? Like, I know, and some people have tried to spin it like, oh, maybe it was just an innocent family conversation and what somebody just said oh, I wonder how dark his skin's going to be. And yeah, maybe they did, but you can't deny, we don't live in a world, that's like saying we live in a world where racism doesn't exist. Like, why would they, it's it's not the same as just saying, oh, well, I wonder if he's going to be ginger or I wonder if he's going to be, that, that, it's just not the same. You but can't. You know, as well, and, and like Megan in the interview touched on something, you know, that was really important that, you know, as the Queen is head of the Commonwealth and the fact that, like, about 80% of the Commonwealth, you know, are people of colour, mm. um, what a great opportunity, what great signals they can send. And, well, as, and when, Harry said, when Harry said, like, history repeating itself and it was after the Australian tour and that some people were worried, well, what, because they were popular? Like, is well, there really this competition yeah. going on? It's like, so there's all these layers, isn't there? There's all these layers of things of um, don't. So tell me, is there really that level of competition between them all? Jesus, get alive! But then I actually, I don't think there is. I just don't know if, if the press then make it into a thing that it doesn't have to be. Um, but yeah, I remember when they first got married, and I thought, oh my god, like there's a bit, you know somebody's come into the royal family with a completely just different perspective and can reach out to people across the Commonwealth that, are, you know, but I think to talk about race is deemed as political. And obviously you can't really be political either when you're in the royal family. It shouldn't be deemed as political, but unfortunately it is. Um, so that it's whether she would have even been able to really do the work that she could have potentially done. If mm. you understand, um, I just think it's it's starting to look and, you know, there are a lot of Republicans in this country, but I would say they are in the minority. But to someone like me, it's starting to look like it is becoming very, very archaic and it like a very archaic institution. Like no modern country anymore needs a common uh, uh, a monarchy. Well, you say, don't you, that once the Queen's gone, basically that's it. I think the country will go through a bit of a national identity crisis because there's so many millions of people that love the Queen. Mm. But I think when she's gone, do people really want Charles to be king? Yeah, he's not, um, he's not really uh, being portrayed in a great light, is he? I think the monarchy... It would probably have a better chance of survival if it went straight to William. But even so, it's like it's like how Kate married in and Kate just became this 
my opinion, but she just became this robot, didn't she? This royal, like a yeah, step well, just, she just molded into this. This is how you've got to be. Um, mm-hmm. And I just think all the people throughout history who haven't done that. So you know, you hear about Princess Margaret struggled, um, how Diana struggled, and now Meghan yeah, struggled. Sarah Ferguson didn't conform. Well, yeah, they all like if you don't just blend into that royal we don't really put a toe out of line or have opinions um i guess that's what's in some ways that's why they've probably hung around as long as they have you know as an institution um the queen is a probably one of the best diplomats on the on this planet like she's had to host let's say donald trump in the past few years that is diplomacy and to have that level of diplomacy is amazing because let's look at America and how erratic things have been there. I think sometimes because of the monarchy, things can't really get that erratic here um, because we've got her as our head of state. Um, It's interesting, isn't it? Because she is like a super uber diplomat. Um, Hats off to her. Like there's things about the, I mean, I always remember, you know, when Diana died and the family were all in Balmoral and the papers were like baying for blood saying that, uh, you know, the people were saying, why haven't they come back down to to London? Mm-hmm. Because all the people were laying all those, you know, that, that dramatic scene of all those tons and tons and tons of flowers and things. Um, and then they eventually they came and that sort of brought up, you know, the the people apparently thought, oh, that's more like it. That's what she should have been doing. And, you know, they do sometimes get things wrong. But what I feel for them about is that ultimately they are just like any other family, but just everything is on show. And obviously, they, you know, they they get they get a lot that the rest of us don't have. But what they don't have really is their freedom. Yeah, that's the only thing that got to me. That like a lot of people have been a lot more cynical, and I think some horrible people have said she's an actress, so she was just putting in an act, like she was just being an actress. Mm. But I hate, I didn't like, it didn't sit well with me when she said everyone's kind of experienced what she did because she was locked in a palace or the cottage, and I thought, oh, like she'd had, yeah. a, had a driving license taken off her, a car key. You know, I wouldn't really say that her being locked in, did they live in Frogmore Cottage or something, or wherever they lived, her being locked in there wasn't the same as what people have been through this year, being locked in lockdown. You know, that's the only thing I was a bit like, oh, I think read the room a bit there, Megan. But yeah, maybe read the room, but you know, we're hopefully all coming out of this we've experienced what it feels like to have our freedom taken away. And, you know, some people have paid the ultimate price, haven't they, by dying from this horrible virus. But a year is a short time in a long life, basically, I guess. And I guess it's always like them that for them. So, so whilst they must have, you know, they don't have to worry about bills and mortgages and, you know, they get, the best of treatment for everything. At the end of the day, does how does all of that weigh up against your freedom? Mm. I don't yeah. know. 
I don't know. I've not been in that position, just seen it as an outsider. But at the end of it, as I said, I wasn't particularly that bothered about watching it. And I know you wanted me to watch it, so I so I did. Um it was pretty it was sad. It yeah, was, it was sad. I tell you, you know, what I thought you know, it really gets back to me, like their protocol and the things that they have to do. When those two kids were forced to walk that walk behind the mum's coffin. Did they have to? I would I would guess, yes. Right. It's protocol, it's it's the done thing. Like can you imagine as a kid? I can't remember how old they were. Was it something like thirteen and eight or something like that? Yeah, probably. Um or thirteen and ten, I can't remember their their age difference really. Um can you imagine? Like you can't imagine, can you? Yeah. Walking in front of well, in, in front of millions of people because it was televised all around the world. No wonder Harry is so thingy about it potent history repeating yeah, exactly. like he had to walk and people say well William isn't like that and it's like well two How people you know? well even so but two people might deal with a complete uh, the same situation in a completely different way um and but what I thought was fascinating and I thought was a look behind the curtain is when I mean they said the play did quite well well I didn't think the play they're not playing anything I'm I'm just the cynic in me might sound like that, but how they were gushing over the Queen a lot. Um, And what I thought was fascinating is how when she met the Queen and Harry was like, no, no, do you know how to curtsy? Mm. And she was like, that's your grandma. And she thought that behind the scenes that that pomp and circumstance didn't happen. And I thought, that is so... And she was like, no, she's... He was like, no... She's not my grandma. She's the queen. She's the and queen, I, first and foremost. Yeah, and I, it reminds me of the um, that scene in the latest Crown where Diana met her and had to bow. Do you remember? And they were all stood in a circle, and she was yeah. like, "No, the queen first, and then you've got to do this person, that person." Oh, and I just, thought, oh, it, it, you read, it isn't that she is your grandma. She's the queen first, mm-hmm. and then your grandma. Um, but I like the little anecdotes where she said they were on that train together and the Queen had a blanket. She said to Meghan, oh, get under this blanket. But I, yeah, I, I do I do love the Queen. It's just the rest of the family I'm not that fussed by. But don't uh, you think that's all families? Yeah. You know, but, it's, you know, especially extended families, there's something in everybody's family and there's people in, every, in all families who you get on with one person better than you get on with another. It's all families. It's just that theirs is... They can't really hide theirs because there's always somebody willing to tell the story. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Shall we move on? We shall. We shall. One shall. One shall move on. Shall one? Um, (laughs) So the next thing was this. So as Mum mentioned earlier on in the in the podcast um the beginning of this week on monday was international women's day um normally a really busy day on social media i really like it because i know it's great that some people say it shouldn't be a thing but unfortunately the world that we live in it should be um and there is actually an international men's day now as well in october november i think so why can't there be a women's day? Of course there can. But this Burger King tweet, and I'm going to completely hold my hands up right. So the for a bit of context, if you don't know, Burger King tweeted out, just on its own, women belong in the kitchen. 
left it for a bit, left it for a bit, let there be all the hoo-ha, all that kind of PR, everyone jumping on board. And then they tweeted another thing saying, if they want to, of course, yet only 20% of of chefs are women. We're on a mission to change the gender ratio in the restaurant industry by empowering female employees with the opportunity to pursue a culinary career. Um, Questionable calling... (laughs) Burger King, a culinary career, but <laughs> that's the um, so. But I'll hold my hands up and say this is a perfect example of why you should have a diverse marketing team and a diverse board. Because on the surface, I would have thought that that was quite a clever way of doing the marketing. But Obviously, from a a woman's perspective, a lot of people have kicked off, rightly so, now I understand. So, like, a lot of the the replies to it were, we know you're doing this for controversy, expected better from a large company than to use toxic marketing. Um, You know, and there was just, this belongs in the trash, is lack of female... What belongs in the trash is lack of female representation in our industry. That's why we've created. So there was a lot of forwards and backwards, but they've actually now deleted it. Um, oh, really? Have deleted it, yeah. Um, so, but there are there have been quite a lot of people, and rightly so, um, you know, questioning it. What's your, you're a woman. I mean, I, I feel like I've mansplained oh. that. I would have thought, I would have thought it was fine. So I'll tell you where, so it would be, I guess it would depend which which woman you asked and how many women you asked. Um, for me, goes over my head. Uh, yeah. Because, I'll tell you for why, and it's pretty sad. I'm almost 58 and I've had, you can't say you've had 58 years of it because obviously I wasn't aware of um all of this stuff Mm -hmm. until I was at school, senior school. That's when I think, certainly from when I was at senior school, that's when you become aware of it. I wasn't aware of it really at at primary school, although subliminally all those messages will probably have been happening then. Um, But obviously became aware of, you know, the actual everyday um, stuff that goes on. and it's been a long time, a long time of uh, not a lot changing. Um, and so so for that fact, it's pretty sad. It goes over my head because it's almost like I soak it in by osmosis, you know, because you're just so used to it. You're just yeah. so used to it. It's like... I, and I, and, I, and I think to myself, a lot of the people who have been crying, you know, the outcry about it, I, I, I wonder sort of what age demographic that is because, you know, I think younger women like myself back in the day would have been really, you know, het up about it. And I just think, and, and I actually don't think about it, which again is sad. It's sad that I've got to this age and I'm still, I'm of the opinion now that I actually don't give it any space because... Nothing has really changed. And I know people say, oh, we've made massive changes. I don't feel as if we have. I don't feel as a woman we've made many changes. Talking about that, and it wasn't a topic I was going to bring up, but obviously last night there was all that news about that that 
a woman that's lost her life. Um, yeah, the now, oh, yeah. Yeah. Now there's all that. There's a lot of tweets saying about you know how women are taught turn your music down, don't ring anybody. You're always kind of thinking, is this the safe route home? Should I walk through there because it's and it and yeah, I don't think I don't think, and that is something that is is you know drummed into you from a very young age by your parents. What as a woman, and I guess. You know, it doesn't mean to say that as as the parent of two two guy two lads that we didn't drum stuff like that into you because I'm very very aware that you know things can happen to you, but as a woman that is drummed into you from a very young age, and I have actually planned routes throughout my life. I've actually had to plan routes of where I think it will be safe to walk when I'm, and I and I actually don't really walk anywhere these days. You know on my own in the dark your dad's usually with me and your dad has always protected me and said you need to go this way if ever I was doing it even driving you know journeys and whatever it's something that always has to come make sure you make sure the door's locked and the car sharing I mean you say that to everybody these days but it, it was always a thing that was drummed into to females always because you always feel hey just so sad. You always just... feel as if you're under threat to some degree that something could happen to you at any point. You always that's our mindset. I bet if you asked any woman, that is our mindset. We all always in the back of your mind, you're aware that I mean, do you live your life like that? What as a gay man? Not particularly take take out that, but as a as a man. Do you live your life? I feel like I can't really comment because if I was just a, a, a straight man, yeah, I feel like my experience would be completely different to being. A, yeah, well, for example, I reckon your dad doesn't have to. Your dad doesn't. Oh, have to no, no, no. Do you know what I mean? Like yeah. you never did. Like you, you, you know. I guess you can't answer it because you you're living your life like that, so it's hard for you to look into it. But yeah, always planning routes, always having to make sure. You know, even just things like um, if you were left in the office or or if you were left, you know, anywhere to do with work, the last one with somebody else or who could else could come in, make sure the doors were locked. It's like it's constant and it's on that level where you you actually really don't. It's almost like it's part of you. You can't do anything else. Mm. And that that's awful, isn't it? Is it's really I don't sad. think men. I don't think most men really fully understand that. Yeah, because most men will be like, "Well, I've never done anything to hurt or harm a woman," because most men probably haven't. Yeah, but it's just the the small little bits of culture that just you know you might not have hurt a woman, but if you wolf, wolf whistled out your window, made a woman feel uncomfortable, and yeah, just awesome. you know just constantly added to that that culture um and what it what it's like and you walking know past building sites you know walking past groups of men together like walking past a group of guys and they part in the middle for you, for you to walk through them like it just feels so you know yeah awful. so what do you think about that burger king advert then going but do you think it, they shouldn't have done it or are you just well it, as i say from i didn't even know about it um, and so, and 
I probably wouldn't have batted an eyelid because I wouldn't have seen it anymore because I'm so used to seeing it, if you get me. Yeah. Um, but when I drill down into it like you are now, I just think, is that a guy? Is that a guy who's heading that campaign up? I'd hate to think it was a woman. Um, it might be a woman because sometimes when you're in it, and you might say you're quite young and you you haven't really seen, you might not even think that that's bad, if you understand. You know, like, um, it's like when, I suppose I'll compare it, which I don't like to compare, you know. It's like you don't realise some of your potentially extended family and friends have been homophobic when you're young. But then when you grow up, you're like, actually, what that person said to me when I was 18 was a bit, it's a bit weird that they said that. Or like, well, do you that... remember somebody? Do you remember somebody in the in the very extended family used to send you jokes? Yeah, made you really uncomfortable, didn't it? Like, it's just not. I don't, I don't know you enough to get crack on with me like that, and. So I wonder, it could be, it could be, or it could be someone senior, a, a senior woman within the market. People always go, oh, the, the intern hasn't done very well here, as if you think Burger King have got an intern running their social media. But, like, well, I just don't think that's what happens, is it? Um, but I just, yeah, it's just sad. I just find it sad and I just would love to see, you know, you don't want to be a... I don't know, because you also don't want to sanitise the world where you can't have any flirty banter anywhere, or, or am I getting that totally wrong as well? Yeah, you do. It's like, it's like your brother, if I ever say, uh, you know, somebody on the TV or whatever, or, or an actor, and I go, oh, he's hot. It's like I almost feel like I can't, as a woman, say, oh, he's hot. He's a bit of all right. Can't say that anymore. You can, though. I know, but I feel as if I can't because, like, your your brother always says, "Oh, so you think it's all right to say that about a guy?" But yeah, you, and I was like, "I don't mind if somebody if somebody thought somebody was hot. What is actually wrong with that?" But I guess it's, it's where the yeah. who knows where the line is anymore. But but yeah, and and what disappointed me about International Women's Day was like somebody that I was talking to threw a flippant comment out and went, oh, was it International Women's Day today? I turned my LinkedIn post off at 10 o'clock this morning because I was sick of seeing them. It's like... Good well, for you. Good for you. If you feel like you... Was that a woman? No, that was a man. Oh, well... Yeah. And then and then I saw somebody else post, oh, is it International Women's Day today? Oh, I'd never have guessed. And I just think, well, walk in our shoes then. Walk in our shoes. That's why yeah. this exists because you cannot walk in our shoes if you did you'd have some understanding of why these days or why this message keeps having to do the rounds Mm -hmm. so yeah it's pretty sad okay it's It's very sad yeah it's very sad it really disheartens me that i'm the age i am and i really don't feel like things have gone a great deal better since i was in my 20s you know, when you were young, hmm. were you allowed to get a mortgage on your own? Am I being really archaic? I think it was around the time where things changed. Right. Because you weren't allowed to get a credit card where you were as a woman and stuff. That was before me. Was it? 
that's probably longer than me, but um, wasn't wasn't long ago. Um, but yeah, because you were a chattel, you were a belonging of your your husband's belongings. You were one of them, mm-hmm. like yeah. his his suit or his pipe or his you know his his shoes. You were one of those. You belonged to him. Yeah, terrible. Ever wondered what guarantee comes with a website when it's been built for you? What if something doesn't work, or even worse, stops working? That's why we've introduced our Evolve Lifetime Guarantee. We're able to offer this because we wholeheartedly stand by the quality of work we deliver. If something goes wrong on your website or system, we're on it for free forever. Get in touch to find out more. Right, let's move on then, because we I reckon we could probably have a full episode just talking about International Women's Day and things. So the next thing, I'm not I'm gonna actually leave cancel culture because I wanna maybe give that a bit more airspace on the next episode. Um because okay. we've already been going forty minutes, but I want to talk about let's something digital. Um digital clothes, which is just amazing. So obviously I sent that BBC article on the show notes, but this so in the this is a Guardian article, the seemingly sci-fi world of digital couture in which social media users can buy virtual clothing to be worn online while gamers can dress avatars in flamboyant skins is increasingly being hailed as the next big thing in the industry. So they also think that you might virtually put an outfit on and see it and then decide if you want it in real life, which is probably really good because... You know, when you, especially with the adoption of Klarna and everything, you buy so much, you might get three sizes. So all that packaging's going to waste. It's been brought here probably by a car. And yeah, one time, your one order might not seem like a lot, but that replicated millions of times has a, you know, cumulative effect. Mm-hmm. So that's the next big thing now, digital clothes. Do you remember when that, if, if you... If you read that article and you go on to watch the video on the BBC website, mm. um, do you remember when that model, that virtual model was launched that they no. talked about? Oh, I do. What is it? So what, tell, tell us more. So the guy who is um, being interviewed for the article, he's actually a designer who was responsible for um, creating a virtual model um, when she, when she was, I can't remember her name, but when she was um, launched onto the scene, onto the world, you literally couldn't tell that she wasn't real. Um, and so he's he's sort of like moving on from that and saying that, you know, in the next five to ten years, all the fashion houses will be developing, you know, this more. And then that's how it leads on to talking about the virtual clothing, etc. Mm. And there's a, there's a lot of, um, you know, there's a there's a lot can be done with this. Virtual reality, this AI stuff. Um, so it is really interesting. But what I thought, um, does that mean looking further into the future, you can address yourself virtually because we're not going out? <laughs> mm. How you portrayed online is not the same way that you portrayed because you sat, you sat in um, some cyber suit in some encased seating 
sat looking at your screen, you know, a bit like, do you remember Wally, that, that uh, Pixar? No, so you're saying you could be actually sat in your house without any clothes on, but you're just wearing virtual clothes. You see, because because everything we do, in I'm, I'm super forward into much more in the future here, but, you know, when you think about it, you think, so, yeah, we're, we're living two lives. We're living the virtual life even more. Like people think we're lead, leading virtual lives now all the time. We spend online and with social media, et cetera. But that's really supercharging forward the virtual life, isn't it? So mm-hmm. we potentially sat at home in a little pod online. Um, but the, the um, presence that we are portraying online is with, you know, different outfits and doesn't even necessarily even really look like us. Because you can make yourself this avatar a bit like you're living your life through an actual game. So you know yeah. the games that we look at. I'm thinking to myself, so like it's so the that blur of like what's the game and what's real life anymore. Mm. So that's what I find fascinating. Like they're talking about you know the the functionality of what it can do for shopping and trying clothes on and all that type of thing. And I guess you know when these design houses are creating their collections. They, they don't have to be real. They don't have to be real models. They can be walking down a catwalk and it's all AI. That's, I mean, that's, that's amazing. Think of the money they would save. But also those supermodels would be out of business, wouldn't they? You know, the ones who don't get up, up unless it's at least 10K or whatever. They'll be yeah. a thing of the past, won't they? Yeah. That, that supermodel at home with her, what do they call those suits that they have to wear so that they're moving for the, for the figure on the screen? The green, is it? Green suits, yeah. Yeah. So she's in her PJs, but she looks <laughs> like that on the screen. She looks, she looks amazing, like a Amazonian woman on the screen with a fantastic outfit on. But that's not in reality. So it's those, it's that blur, isn't it, of what's real and what isn't anymore. So it's interesting. Me, if it's an example of using digital to be more sustainable, I'm all for it. To be honest. Yeah. Um, well, that's sustainable because we'll all be living a virtual life. <laughs> yeah, and there'll be that many um, servers because we're all online constantly. Yeah. yeah, that you'll have taken away the damage done by the fashion industry, and then there'll just be damage instead by all, all, of, all of the servers. There was a documentary last year about how bad for the environment Netflix is because we're oh. developing massive servers in Silicon Valley. Um, that need massive cooling because they produce so much heat um, and how, you know... You literally get rid of one problem and swap it for another, don't you? The, the whole issue is, really, that there's too many of us. So yeah. even if you move something from something else, mm. the damage gets done another way. You, sometimes yeah. you think it's exhausting. It's like when people say, oh, do you drink soya milk? Do you know how bad for the environment that is? I'm like, for Christ's sake. I came away from dairy milk because I thought that that was bad for the environment. And now you're telling me that soya is. And then you say, oh, what about almonds? No, that's just something else. It's like, well, just give up. <laughs> well, it was a bit like Megan, wasn't it? Eating her, um, what were they calling it? Avocado. Yeah. yeah. So it was fine for Kate to have smashed avocado on toast. But when... Megan was having it. Apparently, she was responsible for the deforestation of the rainforests. And the global smuggling trade. I mean, it, going back to that, it's just racial undertones. People think, how's that racist? And it's it's because it's not necessarily overt, but it is covert racism. Colonialism alive and well and kicking, isn't it? 
It is. It is. But so I wasn't going to go. I was going to keep this one last because it's light hearted. But I've just said that there's too many of us. Mm. The way of solving that would be if we are if we all turn to zombies. All right, and they're teaching us. Yeah. So uh, you just started rewatching Walking Dead, haven't you? So you'll be able to learn more. I've gone back to it. Yeah. Um, Yeah. But so a CDC, which is the like the US Center of Disease Control or something. Um, a, a, an article has resurfaced, a 10-year-old article that said that in the 16th century, Nostradamus said that in 2021 there will be the year of the zo- zombie apocalypse, as if, as if a global pandemic already wasn't enough. So it's based on this passage. Few young people, half dead to give a start, dead through spite who will cause the others to shine and in an exalted place some great evils to occur sad concepts will come to harm each one temporal dignified the mass to succeed i mean don't know what that means but if you're dubious the cdc have have gained more attention in the past 12 months because of covid19 and they've actually got a, a zombie preparedness guide um and it states, you may laugh now, but when it happens, you'll be happy you read this. And hey, maybe you'll even learn a thing or two about how to prepare for a real emergency. So it's all about having three days worth of emergency food. What well, I mean, I don't know what happens after the third day. We rise like, again. <laughs> um, water, food, medication, tools, sanitation, clothing for bedding and important documents. I mean, it is a bit far-fetched though, isn't it? It's a great piece of content marketing, though, because it's got everybody talking, hasn't it? Well, you know, for, those, for those big um, those big media outlets to sort of republish it, bring it back out to the forefront again. Um, but you can't be a good old zombie story, can you? And like I said, if it if it helps you to relate to something else that is really important, um, then that's good work done, isn't it? Well, yeah, because I think the guidelines are quite similar in America. If you're in like a hurricane um if you're in where you could be hit by a hurricane it's pretty similar it, it, it it's a similar way you need so much food water batteries and an evacuation route which is just the same thing but preparing for a zombie apocalypse is a bit but you know well, what I hate, I hate to be irrational but after we've what we've been through in the past year it wouldn't surprise me so like, I, I mean, I know we've mentioned zombies a few times on our podcast. It seems like I've got a, a zombie uh, obsession. And I wouldn't say it's an, a zombie obsession, but I've always been intrigued. I've always loved zombie movies, zombie zombie stories, that type of thing. Um, I, heck, I even have dreams about zombies, don't I? We know, we know. Running, running across the school field that time, that's, that's a dream that sits in our family's mindset, the way that I regale you all about my my dreams um not that i have weird dreams all the time that was that was a one-off but uh whether it was at the time i don't know whether it might have been at the time dex where walking dead was was at its height maybe when i had that dream Um, but i i say to you based on what's happened to us all in the last year i'm not saying that it's flesh-eating zombies but you know some sort of virus that does strange things to the brain um well, they've said that they've said this probably isn't the big one. Yeah. They've said that this pandemic it could be a, a lot worse. I mean, really, a lot of people have died, but 
they it's only got like a one percent or not some a really tiny um mortality rate so of course i mean i think we should get back to nostradamus because i've actually obviously you know i'm aware who nostradamus was on some level some very vague level that he a lot of things that he said people have you know sworn that his perception of things that might happen in the future had had actually come true um but i guess that's the thing where potentially you can read almost anything into something yeah um, but there's a reason i guess you know he he was born a very long time ago in the 16th century 1503 to be precise um but it, you know his he seems to have hung around a lot in people's mindset i've actually not read anything about him but obviously i know about him did you know about him I've heard of Nostradamus because it was all that he wasn't he the one who said the world might end in 2012 as well. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it didn't, did it? So it didn't. But I'd love to actually read a bit more in depth about him and see, you know, what what actually has come true of his. I'm just on the wiki page at the minute. Origins of the prophecy prophecies. Nostradamus claimed to base his published predictions on judicial astrology the astrological judgment or assessment of the quality of events, such as births, weddings, coronations, etc., but was heavily criticised by professional astrologers of the day for incompetence and for assuming that comparative horoscopy, that's how you say that, could actually predict what would happen in the future. Bullshit. So, yeah, I mean, I'm... That's I'm not really interested in my horoscope these days. I used to be when I was younger, and I used to read both Taurus and Gemini because I'm on the cusp. And I used to think if I didn't quite like the sound of the Taurus one, I'll read the next one because I'm, you know, I'm a, I'm just a day out. So if I thought that one was a bit better, I'd go, oh, I'm going with that one today. Oh well, I'm bang in the middle of Capricorn, I think, so I can't really. Um... There are some traits of uh, star signs that I. I can agree. I mean, yeah. the only thing you can read into it anyway, and you could be like, oh, like I, I, said, like I am a, a bit like that. But don't you think it's strange that we all, a lot of us, know who Nostradamus is on some basic level? Yeah. <laughs> if you say his name, it's like, oh, yeah, he was always the guy who prophesied things would happen and whatever. So, yeah, he's hung around quite a lot and he's still getting mentioned today in the 21st century. So, there you go. Because people love doom stuff. Doom. All doom scrolling, isn't it? Doom. When you're on social media, have you heard doom scrolling? I haven't, no. No. But it's like self sabotage where you just look on Twitter yeah. and look for constant bad news. Oh, wasn't that what I was telling you off for a few months ago? I said, stop looking on Twitter at things. Well, I wasn't doom scrolling. I just well, you like. You doom scrolling, but you felt pretty doomy because of things that well, you were reading. I was like, get off it, get off it. I know, but I like to be in touch with what's going on. And But unfortunately, being in touch with what's going on means that you get bombarded with all the negative stuff as well. That's it as well. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not a big Twitter fan, as you know. I know you're not, I know. Um, right, well, let's move on to the last thing, and I'm only mentioning it briefly because we've kind of followed the journey of this since it, we started. So it's the Track and Trace app, which this week a committee has said has, has had very, very little effect. 
on controlling the coronavirus pandemic. Now, to me, if you spent £37 billion on something, it should be bloody good. And I thought, why couldn't we have done it? So I know. Didn't you tweet? Didn't you tweet? Yeah. I think I saw you tweet saying, well, well, we could have done a better job than well, that. Well, the infrastructure to it, to me, sounds like a web app. So, this bit of context, everyone, we're really pushing web app and software this year. We still do web e commerce, but we really want to grow into that sector. And I thought, really, it's just a web page where multiple people have to log in to input data. So, yeah. I thought, we could do that. I mean, we couldn't. I think they also, Circo also coordinate the people phoning up to ring your contacts. But even so, the actual software side of it, which apparently was just a very bloated Excel spreadsheet, wasn't it? I thought, we could have bloody done it. (laughs) So now, why don't don't we know, like, one of Boris's mates who could have outsourced? I mean, I'm only joking, I would. I wish, got, we've got a friend down in Parliament, haven't you? I wish one of my, you know, I'm only joking because I think government things should be tendered for properly and not just handed out to mates. Because um, I like the term that they started calling it was a chumocracy, didn't they? Did you hear that phrase? Who's caught your attention outside? Dad. Uh, did you hear the chumocracy? No. There's been a few things now where... Th- Things have just been outsourced to mates of whoever's oh, in the cabinet. Democracy, I get you. Like ch- yeah, so I, I, I mean, things, need, things need to be tended for properly. But I just thought we could have done it for, well, half the price more. Half the price, yeah. I wouldn't be recording this podcast for you. I'd, I'd be, oh, well, actually, I couldn't lay anywhere. Although if I had a chum, I could lay somewhere, couldn't I? I'm saying sure. I'd, I'd be laid on some beach somewhere and he said, well, you're not allowed to travel. Yes, but if I had. Chumocracy, you know, if I, if I, if that was available to if me, you're that rich, I'd have a private jet, wouldn't I? Well, yeah, if you're that rich, nipping on me chums, private jets. <laughs> if you're that rich, people, it seems like COVID restrictions don't affect you, yeah, doesn't it? Yeah, don't so, count for them, do they? But I just thought, what a shit show. Virus doesn't like rich people, Declan. <laughs> I just thought, what a shit, like, imagine spending 37, like, I'm trying to think if we really disappointed a client mm. and they'd say that, I mean, you know, people spend their hard-earned money with us and mm. I'd be bothered and I just thought, I wonder if they're bothered. Like, are they bothered that it's failed to control, because the whole point of it, and people say, oh, well, compare it to other European countries, France's track and trace system has pretty much collapsed. I'm like, well, that's not a good barometer. It's meant to be world beating. Well, actually, it doesn't give me much faith in the quality of, of the work that's delivered it. Um, you know. Mm. Well, you know, the, you know, they found the, those Brazilian variant cases. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then Matt Hancock said, oh, it's due to the track and trace system that we've managed to find them. It wasn't. The person mm-hmm. had rang and turned themselves right. in. Exactly. Yeah, like, it's like he does, he's a good spinner, isn't he, Matt? Yeah, he's a good spin doctor. But I just um, thought, but you know, when you said like we would be gutted if we if we would disappoint anybody to that level, um, well, I wouldn't even show me face in public. But you know, they won't be bothered. Yeah, they never have to work again. 
I mean, I don't know how many people... Yeah, been... The infrastructure is like to be able no. to manage all of that data, obviously. No, but 37 billion, like, you'd have to, you'd be able to pay, and apparently there's consultants still to this day getting paid six grand a day. Grand a day, I know. It oh, sort of throws our day rate out of the water, doesn't it? It does. Ours looks like you'd pay for it with your pocket money. I know. <laughs> six I know. grand a day. I mean, how many days? Let's say you were there for six months and you were, I can't even. So a week, if you work for a week, that's 30 grand in a week. Let's say you did half the year, 25, three quarters of a million. For one person? One person, one consultant, yeah. How many consultants worked on it then? Oh, there'll be more, there'll be more than one. Oh, I know, but... Well, yeah, I don't know how many consultants yeah, sometimes, it's sometimes like, um, it's in the realms of you can't actually grasp how much things cost, you know, a bit like when a movie has cost however many and... I understand how a movie costs a lot of money. Though. I mean, you all, I used to go, oh, that was the most expensive movie ever made. It was like 200-something million and you'd be like, 200 million. But I can see how that's done. How many million are in a billion? Do you know that? It's a million, isn't it? A million. It's not a million, million. A million, million. Is it 100? No. 1,000 million. (laughs) Quick maths, quick maths. How many? People will be good shouting at this like I do when I listen to podcasts. Million. So that I just worked it out in my head. No, that's not right. It is. <laughs> How it's many million? One thousand million. My God, that's like crazy, isn't it? Yeah. So that's thirty-seven thousand oh, million. That- you you blowing my mind now. It's no good. Well, I think can't, we're done. Yeah. Can't compute. Can't we're compute. Hang on an hour. So with the me little adverts that I'm going to put in, we'll be just over. But um, yeah, I'm excited to hope. Pardon? Are they meant to know that? Who's there? <laughs> you said with me little adverts I'm putting in, it'll just be over an hour. Are they meant to like you recording that? <laughs> it's not. They'll have heard that. What are you talking about? The listeners will have heard the adverts already. No, but you've just said with that's bang on an hour with my little adverts, but you're recording it. Yeah. So do they need oh, to know that? God, that's boring. We're done. We're done. I'm just saying it's nice that it's just an hour. I like the hour ones. Oh, do you? Mum, we only ever we only ever go over if it's because you've been nattering. Is it? I would say so. I'd love if somebody could analyse how much airtime each of us have had in the 18 episodes. I bet you it's not 50-50. <laughs> right. You reminded me I was listening to Jesse Ware's podcast today. That's the one I was listening to. Oh, really? Dan, Dan Levy. Yeah, yeah. Mm, yeah. So, oh, that's what you see. That's what you get when you're famous, isn't it? You get other famous people. But I would love him and his dad on our podcast. It would be so random. Dan, are you listening? Are you listening? 
It wouldn't be yeah, random. Be- it's in the genes. <laughs> How would it be random? It's well, a- we can hope, can't we? Dad and son as opposed to a woman's son. Dan, Dan, I'm going to tweet you and Instagram you, at you, everything. Please be on our podcast. Oh, I'd be shitting myself. Oh, I think they'd love me. Oh, oh God. <laughs> For Christ's sake, honestly. Oh, I just, oh, if they, they are my dream guests. Right. I need to listen to that episode of Table Manners. Well, they're just talking about, before Dan comes on the call, they're talking about, um, I feel like we're getting paid to advertise Table Manners, but um, they're talking about how they've put a ring light on and both of their eyes look stupid. Um, mm. Reminds me of us. But we're done. We're done. We haven't got a ring light. No. <laughs> I'm surprised you haven't. Uh, uh, actually, there's one on the way. Is there is really? The of course there is. Oh, God. Of course there is, because now I've got, I've just got a new mirror for my new boudoir. So, so if you don't follow, if you don't follow. You know, there's a lot of DIY renovation going on in our old house, and um, our bedroom and ensuite is almost finished, and yeah. I'm getting a ring light. <laughs> so if you don't go before end date on Instagram now, you should. Cause That's a weird room. accessory for a bedroom. Your dad would be gone. <laughs> what do you need that for? Oh, I'll explain later, Steve. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I can imagine that. You don't and Dad. Many questions. You and Dad oh, great. You and Dad pausing in front of this ring light. Oh, it's crazy. No, but, I don't yeah. see your dad somehow. No. I start doing daily um, daily outfits. Oh, right. Okay. Uh, different pyjamas. That's nice and sustainable, fashion-wise. Is. Yeah. Yeah, but the 20 years old, my pyjamas. What's this? What's the shoulder smoking? <laughs> That's how I'm going to pause in front of the mirror. <laughs> Practicing. And we'll also want to announce that um, I'm forcing mum soon. You will be able to watch our podcast as well as listen. Um, we will be recording it and it's going to be called It's In The Jeans hashtag. Maybe I was going to say unfiltered because there'll be no edits whatsoever. It'll just go on as this. So unless we say something <laughs> horrendous, but I don't think we ever have. So I don't think you have to edit much, do you? No, not at all. Yeah. Okay, then. Right. We're, um, we're actually, we're pros. We're pros. <laughs> and, we're getting, and we're getting microphones soon as well. Ooh, it's all <laughs> happening. <laughs> right. If it, next, we'll be asking for a sponsor. <laughs> oh, she does. We've got to get something out of Charles Dickens there. Oh, my Master, can we have a sponsor? <laughs> Why do you always get silly at the end of a podcast? It's because it's dinner time. <laughs> I'm hungry. I'm hungry. I get giddy. Right. right. I'm getting hangry, isn't it? No. Stop. 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 Thank you for listening to this episode of It's In The Jeans podcast. You can follow us both on Twitter. I'm at Teclan Williams underscore and mum is. I'm at Before Ended. It's In The Jeans pod on Insta, on the G- In The Jeans pod on Twitter 
annoying that we couldn't get the same. You can follow our business at The Digital Gene and please like, share and write review for this podcast. Done. We're done. Bye, everyone. Bye. 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 Bye.